Welcome in to Blitz and Buckets. My name is Kane Schwartz, and I'm joined by my fellow co-host, as always, Mr. Jaden Kozak. How you doing, my guy? Doing good, doing good. Glad to bring in another guest. Yeah, we do have another guest. Let's go ahead and introduce him, why don't we? We've got Lake Malkus in on the podcast today. How you doing, bro? I'm good, I'm good. Thank you all for having me. Yeah. Can't wait to talk Cardinals. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So Lake, Lake has been a long time, lifetime friend of me and Jaden Kozak. But I don't know if I did. I know Lake before you did. It's got to be close because me and Lake went to preschool together, but then your parents. It's got to be close. Right, right. I think I met Kane at like a YMCA kind of preschool camp, and then Jaden like literally maybe a month after that. So it's quite close between you two. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, we're all still friends and it's I've, we plan on staying friends, I think. I'd like to say that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> With that, let's go ahead and hop into some NFL news. And we've got some Cardinals related news right off the bat. Lakes, Arizona Cardinals. And you know what I'm going to say, Mr. J.J. Watt arriving in Arizona. Oh, yeah. Huge yeah, news. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, I was really surprised when, we, when I saw that. I didn't I honestly did not think we'd make that move at all. I knew we needed some pass rush help because Chandler struggles with injuries and, you know, bringing on J.J. Watt, that veteran voice, you know, Hall of Fame, uh, Hall of Fame caliber player and everything. So I think it's a great addition. I do have a little bit of a uh, problem with it, but I overall think it's a great decision to bring him on board to the team. Yeah. Definitely. Where do your problems lie? I'm just curious. So, J.J. Watt, of course, he's getting up there in age. You know, he's out of his prime, of course. And I think it remains to be seen if we overpaid him or not, because I'm still trying to see J.J. Watt's motivation behind this whole signing. And, you know, he said he wanted to go to a place with that had, like, strong contention. And while I do think we have promise, I don't think we have that Super Bowl contention that he's looking for. So I was quite surprised. And I think it ultimately boils down to money, either that or DeAndre Hopkins tweeting out, let's finish what we started and brought him on board. I don't know. I guess we'll wait and see. But So, yeah, Lake, I definitely agree with a lot of the points you brought up there. Let's dive into a little bit of the details behind the deal. It's for two years, so you're not signing on for a long-term deal with J.J. Watt. And I, at this point in his career, I don't think he's looking for something like that. He's just looking to win. But anyway, two years, $31 million. He had a pretty solid year last year, not the J.J. Watt of old, but he finished with five sacks, 14 tackles for loss. And like you mentioned, it's adding to a hell of a line that already has Chandler Jones. So I think it's a great ad for the Cardinals, and obviously they're making to look a push, uh, making looking to make a push for the playoffs and maybe even conference championship appearance. I'm not sure. We'll maybe, see. Maybe. Yeah. So, Jaden, I'd like to pick your brain about the JJ Watt signing. What are your thoughts on the whole deal? I think you know if you're if you're JJ Watt, you say you want to you know go for a team that's going to be a super, but like a legit top five in the, you know, being a favorite to go win a super bowl. You look at green Bay, you even look at Buffalo, Arizona was not one that I saw coming. Like the teams that were talked about were green Bay, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Cleveland was brought up. Um, but Arizona was like one that was like, 
eh, maybe, you know, if he wants to get a little bit more money because they've got a little bit more money to offer him. Um, then another thing that me and Lake have both talked about was, you know, what do they do with Hassan Reddick, who just had, you know, really good season for them, 12 and a half sacks. He's now an impending free agent, and you got Chandler Jones on the other side, so that's solidified. But or do you just let a younger guy walk to – bring in a guy that you're going to have for the next two years and that, you know, may be it for him? Or do you bring him in, maybe a tag and trade, something like that? They don't have anybody that they would be willing to tag other than Redick. So I think that's the best option as far as he goes. But I like the signing overall. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. But you brought up a great point there. Uh, the Cards defense looking pretty solid. You got J.J. Watt, Chandler Jones. You're bringing back Buda Baker, who's growing to be one of the best – young safeties in the league and I love watching him play but a lot of free agents on the defensive side of the ball listen to this you got Patrick Peterson who obviously passed his prime but definitely still one of the better corners in the league like you look at the game where he played against DK like he locked down DK and that I thought Patrick Peterson was completely washed up to that game and I was like he definitely has a little bit left in the tank but then you got Drake Kirkpatrick, not as significant as Patrick Peterson, but he's also going. You got Dennis Gerdick, who finished with seven sacks on the year, part of that linebacking core. He's a young guy, too, so it sucked to see him go. Uh, Marcus Golden, another linebacker that's also a free agent, and obviously the most notable, we talked about it already, Hassan Reddick with a great year, 12 and a half sacks, and a lot more impressive statistics but that's going to be that's a lot of holes to fill on the defense lake start with you who do you think you should bring back who do you think maybe you're not a fan of bringing back what are your thoughts man it's it's just super hard you know with Hassan having that 12 and a half sack season he also had six first fumbles um to go along with it and I I honestly I really like Hassan as a player I think he's got a lot of potential in him and now that he's completely filled in his role as the, that outside linebacker, as opposed to uh, inside linebacker, which he played in 2019, he notched 12 and a half sacks again. So I think I really like him as a player. I think we need to bring him back. And um, the organization has already said they hope to bring both Pat Pete and Hassan Reddick back. I'm not really sure how we do that with our cap space after J.J. Uh, Watt, which is an estimated 11 million, I believe it is. So I say, you know, we have experiments with a 4-2 concept where we have a D-end, uh, nose tackle, and then the two outside linebackers, which would be Chandler and Hassan. And then the new defensive end would be a JJ. And then our nose tackle would be either Corey Phillips or our rookie, uh, Lake Fotu, I believe is how you pronounce his name. So I think, you know, you implement a new concept or I think – I'd hate to see it happen, but worst comes down to it, we let them walk in free agency. And I don't really want to see that happen, but we might have to. And, right. you know, Pat Pete, honestly, I, I really like, you know, he's one of the best defensive players we've ever had. Just he, he's obviously out of his prime. And one of the worrying stats this year, you know, he, he obviously had like a pretty good year, as always. I mean, it's Pat Pete. You expect that out of him. But what really worried me was a – I believe the stat was the 67% completion percentage against him. And that's really worrying. But I think, you know, with how expensive he is, he might walk and seek greener pastures. But 
I don't really know if we should let him go. I don't see how we can keep all of them, honestly. I don't see how we can keep both Hassan and Pat Pete. But I don't know. I think I'd like to keep Pat, but I'm not. I'm kind of lukewarm on the whole topic because I think he's a little bit out of his prime, and right. we'll wait and see until next year. But yeah, yeah, that's where I stand on the two big ones. I mean, Drake Kirkpatrick, you know, above average. So seeing him go, you know, I don't really know. Right. Um, Devin Kennard, I think we let walk because Isaiah Simmons, our new uh, inside linebacker, is now taking his spot, and I believe that's a really good change because Isaiah Simmons, through, although he had a disappointing rookie season, I believe, like, limited snaps and all of that, when he was in and when he was played at the right spot, he had, he had really good performances. He had that pick against Seattle, which changed the tide of the game. You know, I think once we figure him out and implement him in a scheme where he fits because he is a – freak of nature he runs a 4-3 6-4 insanely fast closing speed just all around great athlete so I think once we find him a good spot um we can you know let him develop as a you know, as a linebacker and I think he could be potentially one of the best in the league uh, is that a little bit of a Clemson homerness because I, know... uh, I mean maybe, maybe he did some great <laughs> stuff at Clemson you know he had right. over 100 snaps in five different positions so he's extremely versatile mm-hmm. but I mean you could put him yeah. in at safety it's... put him on the line put yeah. him in linebacker you, know, you can do it all yeah and once he adjusts to that fact I think he's still having a little bit of trouble with adjusting to the fact that everyone in the NFL is a freak athlete mm-hmm. not just him so he's just adjusting that fact but all his mistakes are coachable and I think once they are coached, he's going to be an amazing player. Right. And you can put him anywhere, you know, draw him a little box in the, in the middle of like a, like a little rectangle uh, right, right behind the line. And I think you just let him hunt there and he'll, he'll, he'll be good with that closing speed, that reach, that height, all of that. So, yeah, right. I'd like to hear where you stand on our free agent this, mm-hmm. uh, this season, if you do stand anywhere. Um, I mean – I think personally you're going to get Pat Pete on not a huge deal. Cause like, obviously he's past his prime. Like I'm thinking somewhere around like two years, maybe like 15 million. Jaden, what do you think? I, you're not going to, he's not going to take up a huge chunk of cap. Like. I don't think he takes up a whole lot of money. I think that he may try to resign for a little bit cheaper. You know, he's been there for his entire career and there's potential in mm-hmm. Arizona, but if they don't have the money to get him, which, you know, if push comes to shove, I think they will let him walk with, you know, mm-hmm. they've got $11 million if they really are true about bringing Reddick back. Or if you do end up doing the tag and trade with him, it kind of takes out a good amount of your cap space to bring a Patrick Peterson back. But if he asks for anything more than probably 6 to $7 million a year, you know, I've, you got to let him walk. You know, I'm, I'm all about – you know, having guys that have been here and paying the respects to them or whatever, but they're in a winning situation right now. Right. They're in a window yeah. right now. And exactly. you've got to capitalize on that and can't, you know, waste those years on players that are past their prime, much like my Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, personally, I don't see him taking, like, I. You are you just got JG Watt, and that's an yeah. announcement as an organization that we're going for it. 
Like we're looking mm-hmm. to win now. We're going to win this year. So mm-hmm. I don't know why Pat Pete this late in his career would be looking for some like not ridiculous amount of money, but more than he's worth. Like, I don't know why you would seek that out because you've, you want to see the fruits of your labor. Like you've been in Arizona your whole career and it'd be nice to see them finally win. And I'd hate to see Pat P walk. Like it'd be a bummer, but I, I, I wish he would stay, but you know, just got to see what happens. But I think that just about covers the free agents on the defensive side of the ball, but let's move on to something else. Kyler Murray, obviously an amazing season this year, really hot Mm -hmm. start. He was in the MVP conversation for a little bit there, not realistically, (laughs) but I mean, he had a hell of a season, you know, and you love to Mm -hmm. see it. I think maybe I, I was about to say something absurd. I was about to say the up and coming of Michael Vick but I'm going to digress on Ooh. that sort of that sort of thought. Yeah. yeah. Pump the brakes. Yeah. For sure. For sure. But yeah. I mean, amazing seasons and he's got the weapons at his disposal. You know, I'm a big, mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of Christian Definitely. Kirk. Um, I think a lot of people don't give Christian Kirk the respect he deserves because Kyler really looks for him. Like mm-hmm. I had, I had D hop on my fantasy team this past season. So I watched a lot of the cards games. And I know there's a little bit of bias there, but his passes to Christian Kirk obviously infuriated me, but there seemed to be a lot of them. Like he looks for him and he's a deep threat down the field. And obviously I mentioned him D hop, you know, one of the best receivers in the game, arguably the best. So you got the weapons at your disposal. What do you think Kyler Murray's potential looks like for this coming season and the seasons to come? Man, I think with his improvement over his rookie season, with the season he had this season, I I think his potential is very, very high. I think he's going to improve on every aspect of the game. More rushing yards, more passing yards, more touchdowns, hopefully less interceptions. There are some problems with Kyler, and he has a little bit of ball security issues. And, you know, decision-making I've seen is a little bit – off the charts sometimes it's kind of like why would you, why would you make that throw you know but I mean I'm not an NFL quarterback so I I don't know but Blake yeah, Walk think... is not an NFL quarterback Damn. <laughs> <laughs> believe it or not yeah I think that his potential is just really really high you know he's developing he's building more chemistry with DeAndre Hopkins he's having that like veteran uh word on like you know obviously Deshaun worked or uh, not Deshaun DeAndre worked with Deshaun and so he knows he knows good quarterbacks and he like he I think that word in Kyler's ear will just really help him improve and everything and he's already he's already improved from his rookie season so I don't see any reason why it would stop now obviously you know one problem that I've noticed is as a short person myself I hate to say it the height I mean (laughs) 5'10". I mean, him and Russell Wilson share the same problem. They'll sometimes miss open reads, like, in the middle of the field because I think they just struggle to see over their offensive line. And that leads to, like, rollout scrambles and rollout passes. And sometimes it'll lead to a sack, but, I mean, you can't really fix that. You just kind of 
got a scheme around it. His but, ability yeah. to get away from defenders yeah. is something that it's, I've never like we haven't yeah. seen in a long time. Like really obviously good, really Patrick good. Mahomes can do it. Like you see flashes mm-hmm. of it and Russell Russell Wilson, you see him getting away. But Kyler Murray personally, yeah. Jaden, I see the questionable looks, man. Kyler Murray can do things <laughs> that no other quarterback in the league can do. No, Come on, just, bro. Know, you're, you're you Kyler man. No, you just, you just missed Lamar. I just wanted to hear you say Lamar. Oh, Lamar. Yeah. Yeah, Lamar. Lamar, I Lamar just... can definitely do those things. Yeah. Like, rushing, definitely better than also, also, just, like, the most recent thing we've seen from Patrick Mahomes is him running for his life. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, he's he's crafty. Like, he can get oh, yeah, away definitely. from defenders. I didn't include Lamar just because I'm not a uh, – I know he can – he's got the talent there, but that's about it. Can't – he's not a throwing quarterback. But we're not gonna hop into that this podcast. We did before, and I could talk. I could talk days about that. But anyway, gosh, I didn't mean to unleash the Lamar hate all of a sudden. <laughs> Jeez. But anyway, yeah, nothing but positive things from Kyler Murray going forward. Jaden, what are your outlooks on his season coming forward and the seasons in the future? I think he'll. I don't know because that that division. You know, like we're saying how they're going to go all in. You know, this is this is them going for it. There's a realistic chance they finished last in that division. I mean, that is a that is one of the best divisions that I've seen since I've been watching football. As far as like all four teams have a legitimate chance to at least make it to the second round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, obviously the Rams, they're bought in with Stafford. The 49ers are bringing a lot of guys back that they were missing last year. Seattle still has Russ for the time being, and as long as you've got Russ, you still have a chance. And then obviously the Cardinals are all bought in. But I think that the Cardinals are going to have to do some very good drafting because they've got a few holes that need to be filled. I know you're a Christian Kirk believer. I am not. (laughs) I think that they should look for like a Rondale Moore type, you know, really good route runner uh, or Chris Olave or one of those guys that, you know, you have Hopkins on the outside. You got Isabella as your burner and then add a route runner and maybe look for tight end as well. Right. You're going to have to fill the hole that Larry Fitzgerald's probably going to leave anyway. Like not yeah. a huge hole, but you got to add to the receiving depth. And yeah, I, I, I think they, I think they go receiver in one of their first two picks, like, mm-hmm. and depending on who's there, like, you know, maybe uh, Jalen Waddle ends up at 16 then you'd take him there. But, I think they address wide receiver and I think that's going to help Kyler Murray a lot because if you, especially if you hit on a receiver pick that brings a lot of pressure off Deandre Hopkins. And when there's not as much pressure on Deandre Hopkins, that makes Kyler Murray's job a lot easier. Right. Agreed. Agreed. So pretty positive outlook for Kyler Murray coming this season, but I'd like to dive into some of the offensive weapons that he might end up losing this coming off season. I already touched on Larry Fitzgerald. Obviously, Hall of Fame career. There's no doubt about that. Nothing but respect league-wide. And would you – I mean, I saw something today. The Cardinals are not going to be rushing him on his decision, whether he's going to come back or not. But I – nothing but – it's not like there's a huge impact on the team now, but you got to – hats off to what a hell of a career that Larry Fitzgerald's had. You know, it'll suck to not – it's like – all of these idols that I had when I was like just started watching football, it's sad to see them like slowly leave the league, you know, like 
I can't like it started with Peyton and then it's just I like what what are some other notable ones that I'm watching nope. my quarterback walk away that I've known like as my quarterback for my entire life and he's right. you know on his last leg out there and like me and uh Liam, who's a Ravens fan, we're talking about it. Like every time one of those pieces of that rivalry goes, like so. I mean, obviously, you know, Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, Palomalu, like, but more recently, Suggs, Yonda, yeah. mm-hmm. Big Ben, like those guys were that rivalry. Like those were huge pieces of that rivalry, and it's yeah. gone, and it's just a weird feeling. Right. And Adrian Peterson's going to be out of town sometime soon. Like it's like, it's so sad, you know? Well, Brady is still kicking it. Right. Brady's still, still kicking going. it. Still out here winning Super that's, Bowls. Yeah, that's unbelievable. I was yeah. running a simulation in Madden, like I am currently, and he's playing – I'm three years in, and he's playing at age 40 – I think he's 48. He's still that's playing. Ridiculous. That's, that's ridiculous. Uh, yeah. Like that could happen. I could see it happening, you know? <laughs> yeah. Not but, another three Super Bowls. Right. Right. But – Anyway, moving on from the Larry Fitzgerald talk, I think your most notable offensive departure or non-departure, I'd like to hear your thoughts, Kenyon Drake, you know, obviously had a disappointing start to the season and for a lot of fantasy Mm -hmm. owners, especially a disappointing season (laughs) in general, but he quietly had pretty good of a year. Like he was on pace. He was one of the the league's leading rushers for a while like top three, and he ended up just shy of 1,000 yards with 955 rushing yards and 10 touchdowns, like double-digit touchdowns for a running back. That's what you're looking for, Mm -hmm. you know? So, Wiley had a pretty solid season. What are your thoughts about bringing him back, possibly not bringing him back? I'm kind of lukewarm on that, on Kenyon Drake as a whole. I mean, bringing him back, I wouldn't mind it, definitely not. I mean, he's, he's he's a good running back. He's a good running back, but at the end of the day, he is a running back and they are replaceable and expendable and you don't like to pay them. So, I mean, bringing them back, I wouldn't mind it, but seeing them walk out, I also wouldn't mind it. So I'm kind of just in the middle on that. Situation. I mean, obviously good player, but I'm kind of just in the middle on that whole decision. I don't know if we really need him or if we can really afford losing him. I'm, I'm not really sure on that, but mm-hmm. I mean, great player. Um, Underrated season. Sadly, it didn't crack a thousand yards, but I mean, double digit touchdowns, you can't ask for much more than that. So, right. you got a lot. I think you got a lot of potential in Chase Edmonds, honestly. Like, yeah. he is a super young guy, and they liked it. I think a lot of the frustration for fantasy owners this year who had Kenyon Drake was Chase Edmonds. But if you look at the Cardinals as an organization, they like him. Like, they put him in a lot of different situations. He can like Kenyon Drake. He has proved that he can catch the ball as a like as a receiving back. But they didn't use him like that this year. They used Chase Edmonds a lot in those situations. So I think going forward, you guys might end up just moving forward. Chase Edmonds, Jaden, I'd like to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I like I like Edmonds a lot better because again, just it makes Kyler's job a lot easier, and that's all you want to do. If you're the Cardinals, you've got all the pieces around him. You're building that defense. Obviously, the weapons are there on offense. Just make his job easier. And Chase Edmonds does that. He can run the ball. I, he can run the ball not as effective. He's not a between the close, tackles guy. Yeah, close to effective as enough as Kenyon Drake. You can bring in another Kenyon Drake. Chase Edmonds are a lot – guys like Chase Edmonds are a lot harder to find than guys like Kenyon Drake. You can go mm-hmm. get, like, a Fournette 
to go run between the tackles. You know, he's right. hitting free agency this year. Um, but Edmonds helps out Kyler Murray a lot more. You're able to hit your reads. Maybe if Kyler Murray is working a little bit better with moving past the first and second reads, hit your running back for a check down. And he should – He, I think he's in for a big year, Edmonds mm-hmm. is, if Drake ends up walking. Yeah, me too. Me too. Something yeah. interesting that might be a possibility, like – if you're going all in, I'd like to hear your thoughts. Aaron Jones is a free agent. Like, what maybe bringing Aaron Jones into Arizona? Not a lot of cap room there. You know, you'd have to see yeah. some GM wizardry. I don't think there's a whole lot of chance there. But... Yeah, I don't really – yeah, I'm not really sure if there's enough room to bring him in. I mean, I'm not even sure on Aaron Jones in general because he is behind that Green Bay offensive line. And I really like him as a player. Great fantasy player. Great fantasy player. But Amen. I'm not – we can't <laughs> – I don't think we, we'd be able to afford him. I mean, even if Kenyon walks. But I really like Chase Simmons. I think we should, you know, move on with him as a receiving back and a, you know, third read for Kyler Murray. I think right. it would be a really good decision to go on with that instead of bringing Aaron Jones in. Right. But yeah, that's where I stand on him. I think that's the most logical. Like, I think you already got – you saw the talent. He showed a lot of flashes. Like, give mm-hmm. him the ball as the primary running back. And maybe, like Jaden mentioned, bring in a guy that can run between the tackles like Leonard Fournette. And Leonard Fournette, he proves in Tampa Bay that he doesn't need the ball. He doesn't need to be that primary carrier, you know. Mm-hmm. He was sharing carries right. almost equal with Rojo. So, bring in a yeah. guy like Leonard Fournette. And he's not going to – He's getting up there, you know, so he's yeah. not going to demand a lot for like, I think it'd be pretty. Right. And we pretty seen, nice possibility. Yeah. We've seen playoff Leonard Fournette too. And, oh, you know, playoff Lenny. Come on. Yeah. Lenny he, went crazy. He's, a, he's a monster, man. And if we do, if we do somehow make it out of that division and into the playoffs, then I think Leonard Fournette would provide a valuable asset. So I don't think he'd ask for too much, but I don't think we, I don't think we'd make a move on him. Brought up a good point there. I want to get your final thoughts on the 2021 outlook for the Cardinals. They finished eight and eight, you know, eight and eight. You can look at it one of two ways, glass half empty, glass half full. But it seemed like their record doesn't really reflect how talented that team was, in my opinion. Exactly, you know? yeah. Like I, they had a raging hot start, but they were two mm-hmm. and three in their last five games, you know, rough end to the season. And, like Jaden mentioned, they're playing in a really tough division. So improving on eight and eight, I can see improvement, but maybe not much. Jaden, I'll start with you. What do you think the outlook on the Cardinals this coming season is? I mean, obviously the talent is there. And I mean, I, you had JJ Watt that just solidifies that defense even more. The talent was there last year. I believe they started out five and two and finished three and six. And one of those was the Hail Mary to Hopkins, mm-hmm. which is a game that you know, nine times out of 10, you lose that game. So I don't know what happened. I don't know if it's, you know, Kyler Murray's not new style of play, but usually when sophomore quarterbacks have that second season, they, they'd make a big jump. I don't know if teams began to adjust to that or, you know, if holes started to pop up in the defense or whatever. But I think they look somewhere around 10 and six. It's just mm-hmm. going to be really yeah. hard to – like, you're obviously not going to sweep the division or anything like that. You're probably going to drop a game to each one of those teams. And then you've obviously got to worry about teams outside of your division. I don't know, you know, off the bat, if they're better than Tampa Bay, if they're better than Green Bay. 
maybe not better than LA, but I, I definitely think they could win that division. Like there's a solid chance. I'd say they have just as good of a chance as anybody in that division. Right. Cause a lot of the teams in that division are looking down, you know, yeah, like Seattle trending right. down Frisco, I think is kind of trending up just because, you know, you're bringing a lot of guys back. You're bringing back Bosa. You're bringing back Garoppolo Kittle. Like these, these are the centerpieces mm-hmm. of your team that was in the that went to the Super two Bowl. years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're bringing all those guys back. You're bringing another, I think, they have the 12th pick in the draft, so they're going to be able to address another position. And I think they should be right back to where they were. I'm not saying that they're going to the Super Bowl next year, but they're also going to be in the contention to win that division. But the Cardinals are definitely pushing for that division title. Yeah, definitely. Lake, I'd like to hear your thoughts on the 2021 outlook. Do you think they can compete in that division? What are your thoughts, man? Yeah, I think we definitely have a shot at winning that division as good as anyone else in there. But, I mean, that whole division this season coming up is just a coin flip. You know, Matt Stafford with the Rams, their monster defense, the unrest in Seattle right now, and the healthy 49ers coming back. I, the whole division is just a coin flip. But I think, you know, safe bet, 10-6 and six, it would be our record with the wild card berth. And – I think one of the bold bets would be eleven and five, maybe even twelve and four. But I, I mean, I can see that happening. No, it's not like it's not out of the question for sure. Twelve and four is definitely a stretch. Eleven and five, not as much. But I think ten and six is a safe bet. But yeah, Kyler Murray would have to have a really solid season for an. Yeah, hopefully, doesn't have that slump he had like midway through the season. Right, but I don't think yeah. I like Kyler's outlook coming forward. Like I think. Mm He's going to adjust. He's so talented. And he's a lot better thrower mm-hmm. than freaking Lamar Jackson. That goofer in Baltimore. Like, at least he can toss they the ball downfield a little bit. They made the playoffs. Oh, they made the playoffs. Okay. They, like, oh, the more on, years man. have passed, <laughs> the on. more, like, the more years have passed, the more years they're going to get used to Lamar doing Lamar things. And – Eventually, the Ravens are just going to finish one and fourteen. I, dude, I I amaze myself every time I sit up here and defend the Ravens quarterback, but I, <laughs> I can't. Yeah, remember. I mean, I'm always I'm always surprised when you do that. I'm like, man, you're a Steelers fan. It's, like, it's so weird. <laughs> what it didn't start with him being on my fantasy team, but it definitely helped it because I'm sitting there. I think it was the Ravens Titans game was like one of the only games that I ended up playing him but i'm like sitting there he throws a touchdown i'm like yes oh my god like what did i just do because i'm like run one in i like there was a point in my life where i hated the ravens more than i liked the sealers and now i'm sitting here supporting their quarterback to the world it's wonderful yeah yeah i mean podcasts change you man like you gotta like you gotta be pretty like straight on i gotta play everything. devil's advocate and that's what i live yeah. to do I will not play devil advocate for Lamar Jackson. No, you won't Lamar catch me doing it. I'm tired of – we live in Ravens country, and I'm tired of everybody saying how, like, good he is because you just – watch the game, bro. Watch the game. He's not – like, watch it. Go back and watch the tape of that Bills game. Come back to me. Come back to me. We're not but, having that conversation again. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, Lake, it was great to have you on, bro. Gotta have you on sometime during the season, possibly. But it's great to have you on. Love to hear your yeah. outlook on the Cardinals, and Thanks we'll catch you later, me. my guy. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, I know everyone's really loving that Cardinals future. So glad to glad to share it with you guys. Thank you for having me.
All right. Well, with that, let's hop into some NBA news. So biggest news this week we got, or one of the bigger stories this week is the Hawks firing and Lloyd Pierce, you know, kind of, sh- kind of a shakeup there. Nick McMillan is stepping in as the interim, obviously served as the head coach of the Pacers last year, but uh, somewhat mediocre in Indiana, you know, not living up to the expectations, but I mean, he's won his past two games as the interim head coach. We'll see. Do you think there's a possibility that maybe Nate McMillan is the coach for the rest of the year? I think there's a solid chance that he ends up the coach the rest of the year. He's not a bad coach. I think the Pacers were just looking for something new schematically. They've been, you know, stuck in. Granted, they were putting a, throwing out a mediocre roster. So when you get mediocre results, it's, the blame's got to fall on somebody. Mm-hmm. Happened to fall on Nate McMillan. But I like him as a coach. Uh, I remember Lloyd Pierce when he was in Philadelphia as an assistant. I was kind of surprised when he got hired as a head coach. Um, But the Hawks have talent. Like, there's no denying that they have talent. DeAndre Hunter is having a very good year. One, I didn't think he was going to be very good. I mean, obviously, Virginia hasn't put out a really high draft pick. Usually, they're just really, really good with their seniors and everything. Right. But he's been playing really well. I'm still waiting on Cam Reddish to – you know, do what I think he should. And then you've obviously got Trey Young, John Collins to play the four because he can shoot the ball next to Capella. That works together. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they weren't winning games. Like, that's a good team. Right. It's young. It was, most, it was supposed to be one of the best offensive teams, like almost like not ever put together, but easily in the NBA. Yeah, one of the better teams, yeah. But I just – I think they I think they struggle a little bit on defense. And then, you know, nights when their shots aren't falling – you can't win the game because, mm-hmm. you know, you can't defend the other guy, you know, in a point guards league or in a guards league rather. And the guy that you've got guarding your, you know, guys at the top of the key is Trey young. It's a little hard for you to match up on a nightly basis. Right. So I think if they get the right coach, they can put all the pieces together because all the pieces are there. If you can put them together correctly, I think they can, they definitely make a run at the play in. Mm-hmm. If they, yeah. if they aren't in, like, you know, the top six, seven, eight seeds, obviously the East is really jam-packed right now between, like, five games. So there's obviously talent there. Maybe they just – like like I, the problem was with Indiana, you know, some the axe falls on somebody, just happens to be right. the coach. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I think – I like the chan- Hawks' chances moving forward, honestly, because Nate McMillan, you don't see a lot – I mean, you see it sometimes, but, like – as far as interim coaches go, having a head coach, a previous head coach, hop into that interim spot, great. And there's a lot of respect for Nate McMillan, like, league-wide, you know. So, I think he definitely turns it around. There's a lot of talent on that team. All the big names you mentioned. And our guy, he's a Turk, Kevin Herter, having a pretty solid season this year. Ginger friend. Yeah. He's, like, he's having a great year. So, I think they've got all the right pieces there anticipated to be one of the better offensive teams in the league, like top five, but the defense struggles a little bit, will struggle. But I think your chances with Nate McMillan might almost be better. Like, I mean, it can't get much worse with a roster like that, you know, but they're sitting at 11th in the East right now. But like we mentioned last week, it's, it's a matter of like half game difference between the sixth spot in the East and the 11th, you know? So I like the Hawks moving forward, Nick McMillan. We'll see what happens. See what happens. So more NBA news. 
somewhat significant, somewhat unsignificant. It's up to you. But the slam dunk contest announced its participants for this year. We got Obi Toppin of the Knicks, Simmons from Portland, and Cassius Stanley from Indiana. What are your thoughts on those three picks? I mean, I love it. I think Obi Toppin, Obi Toppin's exciting. Cassius Stanley, like a lot of anticipation coming out of college. Like he could punch it in college, but I haven't seen a lot this year. It definitely has the potential. Not a huge, I don't know a lot about Simmons, but what are your thoughts on the participants this year? Yeah, I. it feels extremely underwhelming just mm-hmm. because like, you know, the, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, pull out like the 2016 dunk contest, which is obviously one of the better ones of all time, but just feels like we don't have any big names this year. You know, right. some years we have two, three, and those are like the better ones. We don't even have one. Like right. the best player on that list is Obi Toppin. And I mean, mm-hmm. Simons is solid, but he's a seventh, eighth man in Portland. So Anthony Edwards would have been nice. Zion would have been nice. Zach Levine would have been, I mean, you've got guys. It's just, I don't know why guys don't do the dunk contest. Like I'll never understand why, like it can't be injury risk. Like, yeah. Cause like those same guys participate in the three point contests, you know, like some of the bigger names. So, I mean, there's obviously less of a chance for injury, but I, yeah, I don't get it either. You know, maybe too much spotlight. And like, if you lose, it's like negatively, and acting you i definitely thought that they were going to go with more like actual all-stars with you know covid you want to keep everybody in the bubble you don't want to bring in more guys than you have to i think that was you know a lot of few guys got cut from the three-point contest because they were trying to do that they kept all-stars in the three-point contest and you know a guy like seth curry didn't make it because you want to keep the guys that are all-stars in that bubble mm-hmm so as far as the slam dunk contest goes, I thought something interesting has come up. Zion still possibly not ruling out a slam dunk appearance, bringing in a guy like Zion into the dunk contest. That would almost be as exciting as like, I mean, that's almost MJ-esque, you know, you're going to get, I mean, he's not MJ as a play test. Yeah. But I, yeah. as far, as far as excitement goes, you know, Bring in a guy like Zion, some of the bigger names that have already rejected, Anthony Edwards, Jalen Brown. So a guy like Zion definitely would juice up the slam dunk contest. And it's so sad to see what has happened to the dunk contest. Like the amount of big names that have just dropped. Even it was bad when it was Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine. Like, I mean, that was a great dunk contest, but those names back then weren't huge names, you know? So I hate to see it. Hate to see it. Anyway, that takes us to the three-point contest this year. Our participants, we got Steph Curry, Devin Booker, the two Jays. I've seen a lot on Celtics fan pages about, like, the Jays. People call Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum the Jays. And I'm trying it out for the first time ever (laughs) on the podcast. Yeah, I don't like it either. I didn't understand it. (laughs) I didn't understand it the first time I saw it, but I was like, how did you not understand that the J they just said the J's Jason Jalen hey yeah come on man well if I didn't say it in this context then you wouldn't understand it probably not anyway Jalen Brown Jason Tatum Zach Lamine and Donovan Mitchell 
notables that were left out or the most notable that we're going to talk about, Seth Curry. I know. I I don't – I'm pretty sure he was shooting. At one point in the year, he got COVID and has been in a little bit of a shooting slump in the last two-ish weeks. But he was shooting 50% from the three-point line. Like, I, there was some crazy stat that he was on pace to have the first 50-50-100 season. Like, how does he not make it? Like, and I'm not taking anything away from, you know, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Donovan Mitchell. Those guys are not three-point shooters. Like, it just feels like they're putting the best players that can shoot threes in instead of the best three-point shooters. Right. Like, my only thought it, my only thought, maybe they just want to put the bigger names in there. Yeah. I mean, I get it, but if you're going to go bigger names, then what are you doing with Cassius Stanley in there? Like, yeah. Yeah. I like with the slam dunk contest being so underwhelming, like you put it, you put the bigger guys in the three point contest. It seems like that's almost how it's been rolling for the past couple of years. Yeah. You got your bigger names in the three point contest. So I just don't know why they don't want to do the dunk contest. Like nobody, I don't enjoy the three point contest. I don't watch it ever. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, I don't even watch the dunk contest. I'll, if anything happens that I need to watch, I'll see it on Instagram. So yeah. It sucks that it's like that now. Yeah. You know, like imagine being back, like back when Nate Robinson and Dwight Howard, or yeah, even it was like, like a, it was an event, like, you right. know, like the Dwight Howard, like the Superman that donned his whole nickname. Right. Like that made his persona of Superman. Like mm-hmm. that would have never came to be. Vince Carter. Yeah. Had one of the most iconic NBA moments, like not even just dunk contest, not to mention Michael Jordan, obviously. But mm. between those two, those are two of the most iconic moments in NBA history. Right. Having the dunk contest. And now Anthony Simons, Cassius Stanley, and Obi Toppin will carry that torch, I guess. Yeah. They're just tossing it away. Like, I'm, I guess I'm uh, like, I'm happy to see a guy like Obi Toppin in there and Cassius Stanley. But it's like, even, even if you did throw a guy like Anthony Edwards in there, it's not it's it's not significant enough. You need yeah. you need bigger names. And I don't know why they're declining. There's such a there's a problem there. They need yeah. to figure that out. Cause fans really look I used to look forward to the dunk contest a lot. And I'd record it and I'd watch it live and I'd go back and watch it again, like or like early 2010s, like 2012, like back then. I used to do that. But it's not it's not worth it. Like you said, you can just go on Instagram and see the highlights. Yeah. Like people have been getting on LeBron for years for never mm-hmm. doing it because he would be a show just due to pure athleticism. He would be ridiculous and he'd probably win the whole thing. But I, I've never understood why those star players, especially ones like LeBron. I mean, you can go back to Vince Carter. Vince Carter was in it multiple times mm-hmm. and he was, you know, one of the bigger faces of the NBA. Just, I mean, saying just 20 years ago is like weird to say out loud, but yeah. But anything like 2000s, 1999, like yeah. it's gonna, it's relevant now, you know. Yeah. But it sucks. It sucks. Definitely agree with you there. Well, with that, I think that just about covers everything. So this won't be an early release. We're recording this Wednesday night. I've got some occupations that I got to take care of, and I'll put it out early tomorrow. But we're looking for an early release next week. We'll see what happens, but. Obviously, we're going to keep bringing it to you weekly, you know. So, with that, Jaden Kozak, Kane Schwartz, signing off. We'll catch you next week.